Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're all keeping safe and well and welcome back to the Create Me podcast with your host, I kept them. So back in 2020, you may remember I um, was recorded about five episodes for Northlands Creative um, for the Glass Lives Festival. I really enjoyed, you know, the process and the time to speak with a variety of artists and creatives you know, across the UK and Europe. And this year, we're doing it again, um, just three episodes this year, but I'm really chuffed to kind of bring these three interesting conversations to you guys, you know, and I hope you really enjoy them. Um, today, my guest is Magdalene Ogdundo. Um, yes, you know, we was meaning to kind of catch up with her previously before a couple of years ago, and it just didn't kind of work out around the Glass Lives kind of festival time. But yeah, you know, we connected and it was really nice. I really enjoyed kind of speaking to someone, you know, and about her process in terms of actually her speciality working in ceramics and it's really cool to kind of find out you know it's about a little bit about her life journey and how she kind of came to the UK and everything else that she's done in between so yeah that's enough for me I want to catch up with you at the end as usual all right see you soon so Magdalene thank you for coming on um, create me podcast and you know I'm really looking forward to catching up with yourself um, during this episode. Um, I think to give a bit of context for like the listeners, we were due to have a conversation last year, but lots of things happened and kind of got in the way. So I'm very kind of pleased to have this time to speak with you just now. So yeah, how have you been? Well, um, I've been well. Thank you for inviting me back and being patient with me. Uh, <laughs> I have try to keep well. It's been a trying period, but um, uh, uh, yes, yes, I, you know, fortunately I haven't caught anything so far. I did have a really bad uh, incident a couple years ago, but I'm really good. Okay, that's kept good. Well, yes. That's great to hear. Yeah. And you know, just for the listeners, I, I think, you know, it was kind of based on the kind of the Glass Lives Week we was going to speak last year. And, you know, for yourself, I think like, you know, your kind of practice is more it's based in pottery. Yes. And, you know, I work mainly in clay um, and everything else around me is always based on clay forms and, and vessels. So whatever I do outside tends to to come back to connect with with vessels. So even when I've been working in glass, I've tended to concentrate on vessels rather than uh, a two-dimensional form, particularly when it's been using uh, fluid materials uh, as opposed to pencil and pen. so yes, it's 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 clay mainly, yeah. and I, mean, I, li- I like to use the word the the word clay because um, I'm very you know my practice has always been based on materials and uh, uh, materials to me are materials that are pliable and glass is is workable and pliable and fluid as well. And that's why I think it, 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 it kind of plays uh, very close to, to my um, engagement with clay. Yeah, no, no, it sounds really interesting. I'm quite kind of interested as like, how did this all get started for you as a practice? Where did this all kind of begin? 
Which one, the clay or the dabbling? Oh, yeah, the clay, the clay. <laughs> yeah, the clay. Um, I, th- I think uh, I, di- I didn't start working with clay um, in, uh, uh, as a young person. I really, you know, sort of I was well in my uh, 20s when I really um, settled and discovered uh, that clay was the material that I wanted to work with. And it's following several years of training as well. So I kind of was very, very, um, as, as it were, immersed and engaged in, in a, a, a sort of uh, art education um, route, especially with clay and with the other materials. Whereas when, when you know, I, I entered the art um, world through advertising and and commercial art, but in the in those circumstances, I actually joined as an apprentice and did an apprenticeship in studio and developed my my two dimensional, um, you know, sort of engagement and profession through that. So I first worked in a, in an advertising agency as a layout. Uh, artist, and then I worked with a neon manufacturing, uh, neon design and manufacturing company, which actually dealt with signage and and neon. So I with with the neon, I I touched glass in 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 some form, but had absolutely no uh, uh, conception of it as being an art form. It was. It was more to do with me designing and making the, these signs. And also we worked on road signs. And then I came to this country and went to art school. So all what I do now has been done via the art school route. Okay. And you mentioned, obviously, you know, you said you was working with like neon glass. Was that, um, was that in Kenya? That was in Kenya. And, okay. and, and my training in in commercial art and advertising was also in Kenya. Okay. So, so I, I came here well in my 20s. <laughs> so, so would you say you came from like an artistic family? I, I, I'm not sure because, you know, coming from an artistic family is, is a loaded uh, kind of um, notion to have, but I think my mom was a very good um seamstress and a knitter. Uh, my aunt w- was an absolute um, profession in basket making and basket weaving. And I have relatives, I have uncles who are, who, who are basket weavers. And um, it turns out my maternal grandmother was a potter. But I don't, I wasn't actually brought up within that and you know my dad dabbled in music and 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 played the trumpet but I wouldn't say that I was actually brought up in a family that practiced the arts and coming from an African background at the time that I was growing up in Kenya I think our uh, 
parents or guardians concentrated on the book books and and the the idea notion of becoming what was conceived as a profession which is you either a lawyer a doctor or a nurse mm-hmm. or a teacher or something yeah. yeah so i think we were all brought up in colonial you know and 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 i grew up in colonial uh kenya colonial africa um, but you know sort of they may they may you know i may have a small claim that it uh creativity was 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 prevalent or yeah existing and you said so you came over to england in your 20s to come and study um art yes yeah and where did you go where did you study i went to cambridge college of art and design and that's where i did my foundation i did one year foundation and then my second year i decided to um uh, get on to the design the the commercial art design course uh anticipating going back to work with the agents the art agency that i was working with uh, but the foundation course was a very good foundation course which offered a basis of um um real foundation in in as many art forms as as you possibly could fit in and that's where i really had a taste of working with material with raw materials and making uh work through um from from beginning through to the end and um you know sort of had a taste of ceramic of clay there and um went to farnham to do my undergraduate studies there uh in the in the early 70s as well yeah it must have been you, was that quite a bit of a culture shock coming to the uk as well at that time in the 70s i you know i i don't think so. well a cultural shock in the sense that um what i had perceived as being uh, english turned out to be a a a a much broader much uh why especially when you arrived in london i'd never yeah. heard uh, um a london accent so that it, a cultural shock in that sense but also i think just meeting i mean the 70s were the times when uh, a lot of our countries were sending students overseas and being in cambridge just meeting uh, africans from literally everywhere from the continent was an amazing thing uh, but um when i when i kind of say when i say maybe not so much of a cultural shock um i want to qualify that by saying uh i was brought up as i said earlier in colonial kenya and everything was we we were um educated as, uh you know to 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 the queen's standard as it were and uh, everything was that so in that sense i knew a lot more about 
Britain than the British would have known about Kenya. Yeah. Um, so the reverse, the reverse is true that um, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't shocked. I mean, I knew, I did geography and we knew every bit of what <laughs> uh, the layout of Britain was. Um, uh, and for me, it is the lack, the paucity and the lack of knowing my own um, country because of the education that we were exposed to or we were forced to to engage with that that was the shock so i had to yeah. to to um kind of reimmerse re myself in in a, a cultural identity that um needed to 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 be um, to be, uh, a, I, I, I don't want to use the word appropriated, but reappropriated, but I think I had to relearn. I had to kind of appreciate who I was from afar. Yeah. If that makes no, sense. No, no, a hundred percent. That makes sense. That definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Which, um, which, yeah. yeah, which kind of, is fascinating because then the materials that one was using and even later on uh, being engaged in some glass, in making glass and working with glass artists, it, you know, sort of helps in, you know, uh, because of this relearning process, it, it, I think it enriches and it enriched my environment within the, the the studio practice that I uh, I have set and engaged myself in. Yeah, and, and I've I noticed that you know you said like a part of your practice when you're working with clay is actually like creating these kind of um, vessels, pieces of like vessels. And where does that kind of practice or that kind of passion come from? I think because. Uh, I, I think intellectually, I've always sort of been somebody who who, who kind of quietly thinks and rethinks about the inner side of one's own being. And I think the vessel for me has been um, a man, a, a kind of manifestation of who I am as a person, and. You know, in a way, the vessels speak for, for me. They they are they are containers. They are, they have an inside and they have an outside. And you know, I I kind of feel um, if you want to know me, you need to delve into the, the vessels to actually get to know who I am. Mm -hmm. And so they've been vehicles of of a uh, 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 kind of like a you know building little pieces of who who one is and who you know the relationship one has with the out, uh, outside world um whether it's the art world or the general world um but i think i have grown to understand the vessel as i i have grown in practicing with the materials to make the vessels. Yeah. 
And in terms of actually, you know, with your like your practice kind of like evolving and you're connecting with glass, where did that kind of interest in working with glass come from? Working with glass, it's it's funny because I thought it 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 was later in twenty. Uh, 10 when I was in 2011 when I was invited to actually engage and work with it but it it isn't actually I think I started getting interested in in uh, perhaps trying to work with glass when I was at the Royal College of Art and I had a little crisis in in with with my ceramics and was encouraged to go and see what um um, upstairs, what um, the glass people, glass students were were doing, and um, I think I really, I you know, I, I made a few uh, press, uh, not press molded, but um, glass that was pressed in a mold, and and then forgot about it completely until nineteen ninety Five ninety six. I was invited to be part of uh, um, drinking, you know, a glass um, festival in in Liedama in Holland, and then I, you know, sort of, I, I went to Novibo in the Czech Republic and made some glass. Well, had some glass made for me um, at uh, Peter Navotny's uh, studio. But again, came back and completely forgot about it. I didn't think about it. I never saw, uh, uh, um, I don't think I, I, I thought of it as a link or a way of getting into, into glass. Um, but perhaps it, it was because I've always thought of other materials as part and parcel of what I do, but uh, clay is the central material that I use to express myself in. It's it's the closest. So all these projects I did, um, you, you, you know, sort of are projects that are very important to me, but weren't, you know, sort of uh, were there to enhance what I did rather than, you know, go out and make an exhibition of it until I worked with um, the, the, I worked with Sunderland, Mm -hmm. with um, uh, Jim Muskery. Then I realized that, yes, this is a material that uh, I would love to, and, and I, I, kind of began to understand the nature of particularly glass blowing because I did another project too where I had I, I used in fact it was a very bold um, project that I did to uh, with um, I think it was with the Russell Coates where I did um, uh, I took part in an exhibition that was organized by uh, David Kay, who was working at the Crafts Council then. It was called Acknowledge Sources. And I, I actually made 
um, transfer glass, transfer work on really huge sheets of glass, which was kind of architectural uh, uh, glass. But again, I saw that as being just using another material. And I think glass started manifesting itself and actually becoming an integral part of my thinking only in uh, 2012, 2013, when I I started working on a big piece that turned out uh, to be a major piece of work um, that, that really... Um, I worked, you know, J- Jim Muskery, um was very was central to to making it. Yeah, it sounds like you know, and that's kind of that's doing a bit of my research on you as well <laughs> before we spoke before we spoke today. And you know, you've had a very kind of interesting and colourful um, you know career um, to date. I guess in parts of that, you've been able to kind of actually pass on some of your knowledge and skills to the younger generation as well. And like, how have you found that kind of process? Uh, you know, sort of, I've, I've only, you know, I'm just thinking, um, I think when you did your research, maybe you over <laughs> <laughs> estimated my <laughs> contribution, but I, I, I I like to think that whatever um, influence I had was done through teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I have taught really literally since I left Farnham in 1976, but I had taught before when, you know, sort of when I was in Kenya, I had a stint of teaching in between my my O levels and A levels, so I've, I've kind of been engaged in teaching for a long time. I also have have uh, participated in many workshops and many dem, you know sort of many residencies, several residencies, where um, I, I I hope that you know that interaction that presence within those residencies that one has been able to share ideas with with other people young and old um but um i like to think that within those where uh, you know i have learned from from uh, a peer group but also from older people who who taught me but that you know sort of i've also been able to to share those ideas with with others i tend to feel that i learn more from teaching and from interacting with these people than i give or that <laughs> i gave um because you know sort of when you're when you're working out ideas or or, or anything creative in in your head and and at the same time you're being asked how how to and how you do by other people because they want to actually create something you you are helping to to solve you're helping them to solve uh, um a, a a problem or an idea or a conundrum but 
you're solving your own through that kind of, um, you know, communication um, between the two. And I think teaching has been vital for me in that sense. And I know particularly when I did my stint at um, uh, at Northlands, um, I came back realizing how much drawing meant to me because I'd been out and I'd had students who had been practitioners in, in ceramics and glass but had not really thought that drawing was integral to what they did and, and in, in, in trying to persuade them to, to, to work with, you know, through drawing or to communicate through drawing, I came out actually the richer for it um, from there. But, um, you know, sort of residencies like that where uh, you're invited to go and lead, um, I, I, I feel that I, I always come away with a bunch of um, ideas and and also uh, with a clearer head um, in terms of creativity. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I I, I, I perceive that to be quite a re- rewarding experience as well. Absolutely. You know, I, I can imagine, you know, like, I think for me, I've gotten to a point now, I've been doing a podcast for like, what, four years in November and, I've been able to kind of pass on some of these skills and knowledge to other people. And they feel actually kind of actually, you know, that kind of selfless kind of thing to kind of pay it forward to someone else so they can kind of run with this and they can develop their own skills or their own style of doing podcasts. And so I think, yeah, definitely, you know, get that sense that it's definitely been rewarding for you, you know, in that sense. And one thing I want to kind of touch on, like I've been with previous guests, I've been speaking about obviously like, the, like the pandemic went through last year. How did that impact on your work, if it did have an impact on your work? Well, I think what it did is it gave me time, to, and, and I'm sure a lot of us have said that, it gave me time It gave me time to really think of what, what was important in, in life. Um, I, my, the pandemic kind of pre- Precede or uh, you know, sort of before that, I had also been extremely ill, and I often wonder whether it was a pre-COVID kind of, uh, um, and it was touch and go whether I I I was here or not. So the pan- pandemic kind of gave me time to reflect on that dark period but also to be grateful that I was alive enough to be able to make work for a major exhibition. Uh, um, and it, it, it was slow. It was difficult because uh, there were moments when you just kind of felt the world was falling apart and that you were sinking as well. Um, and and for, for me, I I listened to a lot of the stories of people doing amazing things, but particularly amazing things to save lives and amazing acts to save lives. And those kind of were very encouraging. And, um, you know, I I just think that art that survived and art did survive 
um, particularly, you know, sort of uh, uh, practical arts that many of us are lucky enough to be uh, engaged in because we didn't, you know, we have studios and we didn't have to kind of stop. You know, I feel very sorry for students who relied on colleges to have to, to, to enable them to make work or anybody who was working in industry, you know, big textile industries or something like that, places like that. But I was fortunate enough to have my studio. I managed to actually have my extension built during that time. So the pause, the pause was, was a, a benefit, although I didn't produce a, a lot of work then, but I, I, managed to get my studio extended mm-hmm. so it was positive it was positive for me it also made me think very hard and very deeply on on how people in in my part of the world in africa you know sort of um you know sort of it made me realize the disparities the world has cultivated and 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 created um, have deeper implications, and of course, reminded of it through um, the the black the Black Lives Matter movement with the, with uh, the death of Floyd and everybody else that. Um, the world has, you know, it was time to rethink all these things, the pandemic yeah. and and these. But it also kind of made you feel, or made one feel that, as as a people uh, in in diaspora, there are so many issues that we have never resolved. And 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 thought about and all these um, George Floyd's uh, scenario uh, and what's happening in parts of East, you know, Ethiopia, yeah. Nigeria, and you know, it seemed like there was time. It, this time created some of those. Um, sort of discrepancies that we all and the you know sort of almost pulled us apart mm-hmm. as a as, as a people so it was a very reflective time for me and i often try not to be too intellectual with not that i am um with with issues but um they are deep you know yeah. what happened yeah. You, you know, when when you kind of just kind of said that, you know, like, you know, you know how, you know, it is deep and it actually is, you know, I think for me as well, it was like last year was a an important moment of reflection on many other fronts as well. You know, I think there's more, as a society, we're more tuned in to what was going on in the world. You know, if one thing we can take away from the horrendous time of being going through a pandemic as a people, you know, actually saying actually there was that time to actually reflect and see actually see what's actually going on and being more yeah. connected instead of instead of being disconnected so i think that's one kind of positive i'll take away you know if i can from like you no know, um the pandemic with uh, at the height of you know 
of like really scary kind of moments. Mm. But you know, um, one thing I wanted to kind of like you know touch base with you one is actually like I don't know if, if you ever kind of reflect in terms of actually how you kind of measure success for you in you know through your career when when there's been parts when you think like you know when you when you had an exhibition you're thinking wow this is amazing and, and are there kind of moments for you and you feel like I need to like completely change the way I kind of work or like um I think a really big moment of uh, uh for me came in in 2018 2019 and COVID I, th- uh, I think uh sort of manifested itself when around February, March of 2020, you know, I I was very, very fortunate. You know, I was very ill in 2018 Mm -hmm. and was, had already been invited to, to work with Andrew Bonacina uh, uh, at uh, the Hepworth Wakefield. Um, but, you know, sort of my wonderful um, representative, Anthony Slater-Ralph, had not really sort of uh, uh, let out how ill I had been. And so I was just going on uh, working with or, or uh, surviving with the yeah. notion that I'm I'm going to do this exhibition. But the exhibition was conceived by this amazing young uh, curator. And it it ended up becoming, it started off as being a small exhibition, but it ended up becoming a big exhibition that became a retrospective exhibition. But uh, uh, The Journey of Things, that was the title of the exhibition, seemed to be, um, gave me the opportunity to actually be be able to articulate my practice mm-hmm. through the use of objects that I had touched or uh, that had touched me. And they ranged from uh, my, you know, objects that I had actually handled myself to, you know, sort of objects and paintings and sculptures that I had looked at and studied um, in museums, basically. I think it was a a momentous time for me. It was a massive exhibition uh, at, at at the Hepworth. It was in the whole of the contemporary galleries. And I, you know, sort of, I was very nervous because I didn't know whether it would hold or whether it would, um, whether the bucket would have holes and everything would spill, (laughs) spill through. Um, And uh, to, to all our amazement, it, everything tied in, it worked. It um, had um, approval of my contemporaries and and press, but you know, and then it it was installed at the 
um, Sainsbury Center for Visual Arts in Norwich, um, and differently um, at at um, the Hepworth, it was I had the the wonderful opportunity to have an exhibition designed by architects, uh, Fashid Musavi at the Hepworth, and then David Ajay Studios at um, the Sainsbury Center for Visual Arts. So I I cannot think of any other uh, uh, time that my work would have kind of had that uh, a platform. It was almost like, you know, sort of having a band or an opera performing on stage uh, so that, you know, I, I, I now think of the work as taking central stage um, and, and defining what it is that I've been striving to do for the last 40 years. Um, I think it said it without, uh, without, it articulated it without making, you know, have, me having to say it in words. Yeah. So it, 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 was, it kind of made an, a, a visual impact that I think is going to be lasting. I, I, uh, it, w- it will be hard to, to replicate uh, 2019. Mm. Um, but it's made me, it's, it, it also kind of gave me the impetus to, con- to, to, to have, um, to keep striving to make work uh, with the materials that we have. And I, you know, sort of, uh, I do, I plan on on um, going to a residency to make glass again. Um, okay. You know, there there are a couple of opportunities, particularly in the states, um, where I've had invitations to to go back and work in glass as well. Um, so it's. It's 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 been good, and you know, COVID, having this period of the pandemic has allowed me to 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 reflect on two thousand and nineteen, and to to kind of hopefully put those ideas together. I've yeah. just had an exhibition in New York that that's done really well, um, so I can't complain. I just need to make good work. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you kind of touched on what I was going to ask you kind of to wrap up in like our conversation about was, you know plans for kind of like you know going into like 2022 I can't believe I'm saying this now you know in, in like in, in August you know like plans for 2022 but if there are like um in terms of exhibitions and like you, you know you touched on residencies like is there any kind of plans for like early or mid 2022 uh, yes, I have. Um, I, I have plans, or rather, I have projects going on that would keep me going for the next three to four, two, three, four, five years. In fact, um, and it's it's a matter of um, trying to kind of schedule and and organize how I'm going to fit these projects in. I've had uh, a, a real struggle getting back into 
into my my thinking mode. I've been uh, in between. I had started some work, but I started then experimenting on some work which have not really gone the way I wanted to go. So uh, I'm back to the drawing board, but I do have projects for exhibitions Mm. going on for the next uh, five years, I think. That's amazing. That's the way to look forward to like seeing what kind of transpires from this. But I know you mentioned before, like you're not really um, a fan of using social media. But for the listeners who are like, you know, want to kind of find out more about yourself, where can they find more information about yourself online? Online, there there is a website that is um, through my gal- gallery, Anthony Slater Ralph. Uh, and then, and, and that's it, mm-hmm. you know, and I worked, I've worked with him for 35 odd years. And, and that's, other than that, it's all the material that has been published that is out there on, on the internet and very available. Yeah. Uh, and most of my exhibitions are usually well published, you know, sort of fairly public. So. Um, people can reach, can uh, get to know the work through that. Okay, yeah, that sounds really good. And I will put links in the episode description as well um, for like the website as well, so people can quickly go and find that um, as well. But you know, I want to thank you. I feel like I, sp- I feel like I could speak to you for so much longer. <laughs> so but I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out you know, to speak with me, you know. Uh, well, um, and, and, and I meant to ask you how I say your, your name, is it Ika or Ika? Yeah. Ika. Perfect. First time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time. Thank you very much. But no, um, Magdalene, thank you very much. Thank you. And don't forget to send me that link of those things behind you there. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, um, yeah, so for the listeners, I'm in the Night Room studio. It's a Magdalene sport. It's on Big Up Dean stuff as well. So uh, I, I definitely will. But thanks again. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, thank you for inviting me. So that was my conversation with Magdalene. I want to thank Magdalene for coming on the podcast and sharing her story with us. So guys, be sure to kind of check out all the links in the episode description where you can follow her work and be sure to give her her follow on social media as well. And also a big thanks to the episode sponsors, Northlands Creative, Creative Scotland and Creative Europe for making these conversations possible. And guys, if you're a big fan of Creative Me Podcast and you want to support us in any way possible, you can buy us a Ko-Fi or you can pick up the Dean. All links to those are also in the episode description as well. I'll be back very soon with another interesting conversation and part of these series in partnership with Northlands Creative. All right, see you soon, guys.